0: is an incredible commitment. Uh, Our invitation to people is to take 10 entire days of their life on an annual basis, stop what they're normally doing, and invest it in fasting, prayer, worship, gathering together with other believers, and really stopping their life to seek after God. And I think it's just a general principle that whenever You're gonna embark on a significant investment of time, energy, and resources. Um, You need to understand what is the reason for doing it. Like, what are the goals that we have in mind? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? And the bigger a commitment, the more we need to be convinced that the reasons are really worthwhile. So um, I wanna just approach why to do 10 days from seven different angles here. Uh, seven, Seven different reasons, seven motivations that we have for entering into this kind of an intensive, um, repeated rhythm um, that is, you know, as I said, quite demanding of our time, energy, focus, and attention. Is it worth it and why? Um, is the question we're gonna be exploring today. So first of all, I think we wanna do 10 days um, out of obedience. So obedience is the first reason. Uh, people often ask me, hey, why are you doing 10 days? And I, I always start with this reason. I'm like, well, God, <laughs> God encountered me um, in 2004 and told me to call people to do this. And so I have to do it. I definitely have a sense of obligation um, personally that if I didn't do this, I would be disobedient to God. Um, it's similar to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9:16: Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Um, but my call and my invitation to people, I think is something from God. And so, um, you should ask yourself, like, is this something, you know, this guy is out here saying, Hey, I think God wants us to do this. Is this something God is calling us to enter into? Um, is this something God's calling the church overall to enter into? Uh, I think this is something that's God's idea. Um, a, a call to the whole body of Christ. Um, and, um, you know, you might even want to ask yourself, um, you know, why would the devil (laughs) be calling us into these times of seeking God's face and making Jesus the priority of our whole city? Why would, why would he be seeking to see unity in the church? I really think this is something God is calling the church to do at this time. Um, and, um, and so that's why I think we should do it. Um. If you're not into maybe hearing from God, you're like, well, Jonathan, you talk a lot about hearing from God and these experiences. And I'm not really into that. First of all, Hey, I get it. Um, I'm, I'm the same way sometimes. And, and, um, and it's important also to test things that people say they're hearing from God. But I think even just biblically, we can make a great case for this out of second Chronicles seven fourteen, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, uh, forgive their sins, and I will heal their land." I think we can all agree um, that that is something that we desperately need at this time. And so doing 10 days together is a way to practically and tangibly obey that invitation from 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. So why should we do 10 days? First reason, it's about obedience, God is inviting us into this, and when we say yes um, it's it's a good thing and it's something that we we ought to do um, Why should we do ten days? Reason number two I think we should do it out of love because it is an extravagant gift to god gift that we can give to god um i'm I'm always motivated by these little snippets in the gospels where um, you see someone doing something incredible for Jesus or with Jesus. And one of the most powerful examples of that is um, Mary and Bethany, who came to the Lord, broke open a jar of expensive perfume, um, poured it on Jesus' feet, wiped his feet with her hair. And Jesus said, because of what she did, that the, the testimony about her would be declared in the entire world as a memorial to her. It was such a significant act. Um, And to think of being able to impact the Lord's heart in that way, um, that's something so powerful. I, I think 10 days is something like that. It's not our normal devotion, if you will, but it's this incredible extravagant act of love for Jesus. It's something that, if you will, will make the whole house smell like perfume. It's something that costs us something to offer and give to the Lord, um, and and can really touch his heart, I believe, in a powerful way. Um, I think this love for God, um, love for God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, should be just at the core of our motivation for doing 10 days, and I wanna share a little bit what it looks like when that maybe gets out of order. Um, So in 2005, um, I had just started working on this, vision. I'd had this incredible experience um, and I entered into a season of just painful burnout. I was pretty much just a crust of my former self. Um, You know, I told God, I quit. (laughs) I don't want to work for you anymore. Um, And, um, you know, I was just really a wreck. Uh, Mentally, I was depressed. I couldn't think of anything good. Um, You know, I I just really hated who I'd become. It was this incredibly um, difficult season of my life. Um, And, you know, I felt like I had failed God and I felt like God had failed me. I hated other Christians. I mean, I I just, it was like this multifaceted um, disaster that I had entered into in my personal life after just about nine months of running with the 10 days vision. Um, And, So I had come through this season and I was beginning to come out on the other side. I was just beginning to um, be healed by the Lord. God was just bringing me into a new season of refreshing, coming out of this incredible depression, being restored, um, coming back into ministry. And we were coming up on doing 10 days again. It was our second time that we were ever going to do 10 days. And so out of our first experience doing 10 days, I'd had this nine month long breakdown. Um, And so I was, honestly, I was afraid of what was gonna happen as we were coming up on our second expression. And so I told that to the Lord. I just said, um, you know, Lord, last time I did 10 days, it took me nine months to recover. And I'm just about to recover. I'm worried about what'll happen to me if I do it again. And um, as this happened, the Lord spoke something to me very clearly. He said, last time you did it because you wanted something. And when he said that, I knew exactly what it was that I had wanted. Um, I had launched out doing this vision, being obedient to the Lord, because I had wanted to see revival in America. And that was just the deepest desire of my heart. And I just felt like, man, if I could pay any cost, give anything of myself to see that happen, that would be totally worth it. And I had just invested my whole life, soul, mind, energy, everything into that. And when revival hadn't come, and I had invested so much, I was so incredibly disappointed that it led to this breakup with God, (laughs) this um, separation in our relationship that took months to heal. So that's what the Lord said to me, last time you did it because you wanted something. He said, but this time, do it because you love me. If we do this because we're trying to get something out of God, because we're trying to make some kind of a quid pro quo deal with God, that's not gonna lead to a good place. I mean, God wants revival. We want revival. We wanna see God move powerfully. That's not even a question, but what's really driving us at the core? Are we doing it out of love? Are we offering a free will offering to the Lord? Or are we trying to twist God's arm to do something? I think if we will do this because we love God, as an extravagant offering, as a free will offering, we're like, Lord, I'm gonna give you something that costs me something, something that I'm gonna freely give to you. I think if we will do that, that we will see revival come quickly. But if we aim for sort of lesser things, I think we're gonna be disappointed and find ourselves in difficulty. Um, yeah, so let's do 10 days. Um, out of extravagant love for God. That is the right motivation, the right heart. So just to recap, reason number one, obedience. This is a God thing. This is God's idea. Reason number two, let's do it out of love for God, out of an extravagant love for God. Reason three, I think we should do 10 days because God has made outlandish, insane promises in the scripture that are not fulfilled. Um, Just think about this for a second. God has made these incredible promises in the Word of God. And just to take it a little bit further, His chosen means for those promises that are literally, according to the Word, above and beyond what we can ask, think, or even imagine. The chosen means God has determined to fulfill those are the faith-filled prayers and actions of His people. Just to put it another way, the obedient church is at the center of God's plan to fulfill His promises. God always does everything by grace, working through faith. It's always His grace, His power, um, His ability, working in partnership with the faith of human beings that causes things to be changed in the earth. And what's our assignment in this whole thing? Our assignment is to agree with Him, to courageously agree with God with what He says He wants to do. What does Jesus tell us to pray? How does He tell us to pray? He says, pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the will of the Father as it's done in heaven is not happening on earth. Until we see that happening, we need to have you know, incredible times of prayer that are gonna bring heaven to earth. Prayer is like legislation. (laughs) Um, And when we gather together in these seasons of prayer, it's like we're coming together as a governing body Um, or or even as a protest, you might say, to protest against the um, evil uh, world system of this present world and to say, no, we want King Jesus. We want the kingdom of heaven to come to earth we don't want to be governed and ruled by this evil, oppressive system anymore. We want to see King Jesus. Now, there are four very specific promises in the Scripture that have not been have not been fulfilled fully, and um, these are things that we especially focus on during Ten Days of Prayer. These things all are are things that Scripture describes as happening. Um, right before or in and around the return of Jesus. So I just wanna hit on those really quick. These are four amazing promises that we can be part of fulfilling. um, And I think we should have extravagant times of prayer until we're seeing these things answered. So number one, um, in Matthew 24, 14, Jesus says, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole earth as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Well, there are still estimated around 2 billion people who have never heard the name of Jesus on planet Earth. Um, By prayer, we can be part of seeing this promise fulfilled that every person, every ethnic group, every tribe would hear the gospel of the kingdom. By prayer, we can be a part of the answer of this incredible promise. All right, promise number two that we especially focus on during 10 days. In John 17, Jesus prays, let my followers be one just as the Father and I are one, just as God the Father is one with God the Son. It's an incredible prayer. And friends, I wanna tell you, Jesus's prayer is good theology and the Father is going to answer Jesus's prayer. I believe we are going to see unprecedented supernatural unity in the church among followers of Jesus before the Lord's return. Why? This is Jesus' dying wish, it's his dying request. And so we can enter into agreement with Jesus' prayer during these 10 days, of filling up the bowls in heaven, um, crying out to God for an answer to this prayer um, during 10 days. That is a, a major focus for us. We wanna see the Lord receive his dying wish to his Father that his church would be one just as the father is one with the son. Promise three, and these are all um, just rooted right in, the, right in the word, right in the scripture. We read in Joel 2.28 of God's plan to pour out his spirit on all flesh before the great and awesome day of the Lord. Now we know that this began in Acts chapter two. Peter quotes this passage, but I believe, and I think many of us believe, there's gonna be an even greater fulfillment or, or just ongoing fulfillment of this scripture. So we wanna see a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, come before the Lord returns. If you uh, like to pray for revival, this is your passage, right? This is, <laughs> that's what we're praying for when we pray for revival. We're praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then promise number four that we really focus on during 10 days, uh, the salvation of the Jewish people. Romans 11, 12, and 15 speaks about a time when the nation of Israel, the natural Israel, are going to respond to their Messiah as never before. And so during 10 days, that is a major focus for us. We are praying for them to encounter and know their Messiah, that we could see Zechariah 12 fulfilled in our time, that they would look upon the one whom they have pierced and mourn for him as for an only son. So in summary, um, during 10 days, we are laying hold of God to fulfill the promises that he's made in the scripture. Uh, We understand that our role is significant, that God is not the God who's just kind of sits back and is like, I'll just, you know, you don't really matter guys, but actually he wants to partner with us in our agreement with heaven. What we call faith is a chosen means of how God wants to answer and fulfill his promises. That's so amazing. And it's so incredible that we could have a place of significance um, in seeing, um, you, you know, just being part of the unfolding of God's plan as revealed in the scriptures. It's, it's such an incredible honor. All right. Reason number four for doing 10 days um, city transformation. 10 days is a tool for city transformation. Now, what is city transformation? So in the early 2000s, I began to hear these incredible stories out of, mostly out of third world um, type nations. Um, not so much in the Western world, but more out of places like Africa, Central America, um, you know, the developing world. Um, and these stories just kind of shifted my grid on what was possible. Um, it was not just like a revival breaking out. Um, it was not just people getting saved or conversions. It wasn't just like healings and miracles, but it was like it was places where there was a wholesale transformation of, of a culture, of a society. It impacted the land. It impacted um, the people. Um, you know, I just remember hearing these testimonies of places going from hardly any believers to 90% of the people being believers. Places that had four jails and having all of the jails closed. Places where the land was unfertile and where all of a sudden they become like a breadbasket because of the blessing of God. Uh, Places where miracles and resurrections and all kinds of things just became common, became, became regular occurrences where the supernatural invasion of the kingdom of heaven began normal. Places where answered prayer was read about in the newspapers. I mean, just incredible um ways that god was not only transforming lives but transforming entire cities and regions Um, so as i began learning about this um, you know i got to actually hear some of these people share Um, and one of the places that was a hot spot for transformation at the time was the island nation of fiji and in particular they had seen a lot of significant Uh, miracles in the land where uh, rivers that were poisoned had been completely healed or coral reefs that had died, had come back to life. These stories were just mind blowing. And it was so cool to listen to these people, these native practitioners um, from those areas describe how God had led them to do what they did. And as I was listening to this, this was early on in the 10 days journey. This was in like 2007. Um, You know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to it. So we haven't really seen this happen yet, but just have this vision, oh, city's stopping everything, pray for 10 days. So they described how they did transformation in Fiji. And uh, what they said is, okay, first of all, we get invited into um, a city or a village. The chief invites us in. And then the chief would shut down the village for seven to 10 days. They said seven to 10 days. I'm like, my goodness, that's the 10 days vision, shutting down cities for 10 days. And, and then what they would do is they would just give themselves to prayer and repentance. They would meet three times a day and um, fasting, prayer, repentance, confessing sins, getting rid of idols, cleaning house. And then they said at a certain point, maybe, you know, was always different, was never the same, was never predictable, God would come to town, God would show up. Um, and often God would come and show up um, with rain. And then after that, the atmosphere in the city would change. Um, just the level of miraculous would increase and um, nothing was ever the same in that village. So 10 days is a strategy to see what we've seen happen in places like Fiji, in places like um, Almolonga, Guatemala, in places all over the world, these transformed locations, 10 days is a strategy to see that happen in your city. Um, It's it's a way that we can see God move into a city and start to become, uh, you know, start to see Him dominating the life and culture of that city, of that region. Um, So, if you're passionate about city transformation, I believe ten days is a strategy to get us there to help us to see that happen. Okay, so we've we've covered four elements: uh, obedience, four motivations, love, um, God's promises, just longing for His promises to be fulfilled. City transformation. Another reason to do ten days, and this is every bit as important as the other ones, is that it's personal for you. It's personal for you you know there's some things that other people can do for us i think about plumbing i'm not a very good plumber uh, but that's good because there are plumbers out there and if you call them and you give them money they will come and (laughs) fix any plumbing problems that you have Um, and it's super convenient and i feel really good about the arrangement but there are other things um, that you can't outsource you can't you know, not have an ability to do it. Um, Things that only you can get for yourself. And um, one of the things that the Bible describes is this intimacy with God or this oil Um, in the parable of the ten virgins. There are five foolish virgins and five wise. Um, They're all, you know, virgins. They're all pure. They're all awaiting the coming of the bridegroom, but five of them have this oil in reserve, and five don't. And then when the the ones who don't have it ask the other ones, they say, no, we can't we can't give it to you. It's not transferable. (laughs) That parable is terrifying to me. And I think it's meant to be um, it's meant to cause us to have the fear of God. Um, how can we acquire that oil? I believe that oil speaks about the intimacy. Uh, the knowledge of God, and just like fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And part of the point there is you need more of it than you think you're going to need um, in order to survive, in order to make it. Um, and no one else can get it for you. So 10 days is a time to get oil. It's a time to have a breakthrough in the realm of communion with the Holy Spirit. It's a time to build up your stores, if you will, um, to build up your relationship with God, to advance it for yourself. And no one else can get this oil for you. You know, the prayer people can't do it for you. Uh, the experts can't do it for you. Only you can do it for yourself. This is about personal preparation uh, that, is, that, that can affect your soul and your life for all of eternity. Um, So 10 days is personal. Uh, It is eternally significant for you personally. Okay, number six, why do 10 days? 10 days is an opportunity to beautify the bride. The dominant paradigm um, for the church as we approach the Lord's return is that of a bride. So it says of a bride and a bridegroom. We are preparing to marry Jesus and Revelation speaks of how the bride is making herself ready. So in other words, this isn't just something that happens to us, but it's something that we are an active participant in. Um, Ephesians 5 speaks about a church um, that is sanctified, that is cleansed, that is washed, Um, that has no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but is holy and without blemish. So before Jesus comes for his church, we are going to see a bride that is morally and spiritually pure, washed clean by the word of God, completely free of any deformity, having no blemish. That's what God is wanting to see in the church. I don't know about you, But I think there might still be some work to do (laughs) in the church. And 10 days is a strategy to move us from where we are now into this place of just being completely beautiful before the Lord, completely focused on Him, completely sanctified. It's time for the bride to make herself ready. And um, 10 days is just one way that we can enter into that, but it's a really significant way. When you take this extended season, you know it's like in the book of uh, Esther. You know she had these beauty treatments that she would go into for months for an extended season of time before she went into the king. And I feel like God is doing something similar in the church through ten days. He's bringing us into this extended season of beauty treatment um, where we can be prepared to meet with our Lord in a new way. Okay. So the final reason, why should we do 10 days? Why should we make this incredible sacrifice, this sacrificial offering to God? Why is it worth this much time? The energy, the planning, um, just the giving yourself to prayer and fasting, um, the recovery on the back end, uh, the interruption of your life. If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. It's not just affecting you, it's affecting your whole family. Um, and it's such an undertaking. Why should we be doing this? I think we should be doing this because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Before the first coming of Christ, there were people like Anna. Um, Anna was a widow who spent all her time in fasting and prayer. Simeon was a prophetic man um, who heard from the Lord that he'd see the Messiah. So I think as we approach the second coming, I don't think it's gonna be any different than the first. God is putting people um, to work ahead of time. He's speaking to his servants. He's getting things ready. Um, He's calling people into this ministry of watching and waiting for his coming. So I think as we're getting close to to the return of Jesus, having these times like this, where we're watching and waiting and longing for his return um, are just, so important. 10 days is specifically focused on longing for the return of Jesus. I think a lot of us in our hearts, even if we wouldn't say it explicitly, we're almost still in love with the world. Um, We're almost saying like, you know, Lord, I want you to come, but not yet. You know, there's things I want to do first. There's experiences I want to have. And 10 days is a time of entering into like this incredible longing for the Lord's return where our desire is purified. Not just our, you know, morally pure, but our desire is pure. Where we're we're becoming pure in heart. And as the scripture says, the pure in heart will see God. Where, Where our longing is just for our heavenly bridegroom to come, for the marriage supper of the Lamb to be inaugurated. And, and I think that kind of purification, that kind of process, um, that kind of preparation, we need to give it time. We need to give God time to work in our lives, to pull out what needs to be pulled out and to purify our hearts and ready us for His coming. So why should we do 10 days? Because history is about to hinge. We don't know when, we don't know the day or the hour, but we can sense that the time is getting close. Um, and as we, get, as we approach the Lord's return, um, 10 days is an appropriate response to say together, to cry out together, come Lord Jesus. We love you and we want you to rule here. So why do 10 days? I'm just gonna summarize it one more time. It's obedience. We should do it out of obedience. We should do it in, for love of God, as an extravagant offering. Uh, We should do it because God has promised amazing things and those promises are fulfilled through prayer. We should do it because we wanna see our cities transformed and to see that happen, we need the power of God to invade. We have a personal um, risk at stake. We need oil. We need to be ready. And so it's personal, our motivation is personal. Um, We should do it because God